Okay, well, welcome everyone to this edition of Human Wisdom Live. And for me, this is a really special event because we're going to explore our inner emptiness, which often we're not aware of, but which shapes our lives in so many ways. And how a deeper understanding of this, of what's going on in our own mind, can bring illumination. It's like walking into a room and putting the light on, but the light we put on is in our own thinking. And this illumination can bring transformation. So with that very brief introduction, I'm going to introduce my guest, Tim Merrick. Dr. Merrick is in uh, North Carolina, and we've been traveling together with Human Wisdom for a long time. So welcome, Tim. Thank you so much, Manoj. I love hanging out with you. And I'm a little disappointed when you said you were excited about today's episode. I thought it was going to be about me. Like, I don't, anyway, I'm also really excited about talking about emptiness. Um, yes. And the word emptiness uh, we discussed is one we come together, come to, but you can also use other words for it, right? Like uh, the void, uh, inner boredom. Uh, existential ennui, someone called it the other day, or a sadness without reason. Anything to add to that, Tim? Well, yeah, it's funny that you say that because I've noticed that I have a different... Sandy, could you... Thank you so much. I've noticed that in different parts of my life or in different phases of my being, I call it different things. Yes. When I am um, grieving... I might talk about the black hole, yes. but meditating, I might talk about bliss. Yes. So <laughs> it's a very different perspective. It's one of those things. You see, hunger is something we know immediately. I'm hungry, and it, we connect it to that. Or loneliness, we know. Ah, or anger, we can immediately relate it to what's happening. But inner emptiness is something that most people, I find, are not aware of. It operates deeper in ourselves, beyond, way beyond our awareness, but it manifests in our lives in different ways, as you said. So depending on the context, we can call it loneliness or grief if we lose a loved one or a lack of connection. Um, um, anything else, any other ways you think it comes up in our lives? Well, I find it interesting that something like grief, which just cracks us open, Hmm. Right. Uh, it, it, it forces us to be with something that we just can't be with. Normally, we can arrange our lives such that we don't have to face some of the more discomfortable things like uh, like Opal and saying. But it cracks open and emptiness, the loneliness, the despair seems quite present suddenly. Um, ordinarily, we can suppress it, it seems to me. Right? Or, or avoid it, or distract ourselves from it. Yes. We, it's also behind all our desires. Right? Everything we want in life, the origin of that, moving away from where we are, comes from this inner emptiness, because it wants to push us, make us move away. So our desires for buying things, for holidays, for relationships, to be important, every emotional need has its roots, I think, in some part in this inner emptiness, you see. It's where we're not at peace with ourselves. We're restless, mm -hmm. always wanting to be occupied. I mean, that's another way it manifests in our life, right? 
certainly the the social media uh, fix you know just fixation is is quite a is quite prominent these days. I wonder if we were saying before we started that there seems to be a push culturally a push to avoid it. Mm. And I wonder if we had a, a different cultural perspective if we would not perhaps be less concerned about avoiding it. Yes, yes. Well, I'm going to remind me to share a story about a 10-year-old girl I once met, but I'll do that a bit later. But as you were saying, you were reading about it and and all your readings, say the American Psychological Association said, regarded it as a problem <laughs> that we needed to either distract ourselves from or fix in some way. Yeah. But we're going to take the opposite approach. We're going to say, we're not going to be afraid of it. We're going to walk towards it. We're going to explore it, find out, make friends with it, and then see the magic that comes from the from, from that process. There's a, I don't know how many are familiar with a podcast by a, a woman. She's a coach. She's a Buddhist. She's a psychologist uh, by the name of Tara Brock. And um, <clears throat> she offers out, you know, when the, the demon at the door, you know, we, we, we are used to just, you know, barricading the door and we can to keep it at bay. She says, no, no, open the door, invite him in, her in, it in. And when it seems most dangerous, when it opens its jaws as if to create annihilation for you, gently put your head inside the demon's mouth. Yes. Johnny now, that sort of level it less of graphically. She says, just <laughs> lean into it. <laughs> you know. So Johnny will talk more about leaning in uh, um, later on. Okay. So what does it feel like, Tim, this feeling of, I mean, to me, sometimes it feels like an ache um, without reason, you know? And thank you. Um, I, I think you're right. I think Tara Brock was, um, was channeling or, you know, uh, quoting Rumi in that. Um, I can talk about my own experience, Manoj, but I wouldn't want to speak for one in terms of what their experience is. I've had just a very small taste of it recently as I've tried to be very conscious about moving into retirement. Now, I do see that some of the faces here on the screen may be with me in terms of my age grouping. <laughs> and as, as we let go of the value of who we are as a professional, then who are we? And what will I do? And how will I spend my time? And it's very common. You see people rush into all sorts of other things. Right? And I think it's this avoidance. But for me, I was just trying to be with it. And for a couple of months, it seemed like I was feeling depressed, alone, sad, is the sense of it. I don't think it's sadness. No. I think it's being aware of something else or a... a so, I mean, I'd be interested in you putting into your chat, you know, what's the experience for you? Yes, yes. please experience do Experience of, of emptiness. What, and yeah, please use the chat to share or comment on anything that Tim and I are discussing. We will bring it into the conversation and you'll have a chance to speak uh, when we finish in about half an hour. So it's like a wolf at the door, isn't it? Sometimes it can feel depressive, like all the depressive symptoms that we can experience come from 
trying to get away from this and not finding a way to get away from this inner emptiness. And we never actually face it, do we? So we're afraid of it and we're running away from it. And please share what you, you said earlier about fear and understanding. Just in terms of neuroscience, um, when we go into a state of fear, when you go into the fight or flight response, uh, connections to our frontal cortex, which is our reasoning mind, are shut down. Right? Mm -hmm. We don't think straight when we're afraid. We don't reason through a situation. So if we've been, I think, culturally taught to be afraid of this I, 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 emptiness is a word. We need a word that doesn't have a word. <laughs> this thing, then when we experience or touch on the edges of it, we're going to you know, be afraid, we're going to respond um, viscerally, yes. we're going to, uh, we're, we're not, it, it's harder to be present, to be mindful in those moments. Yes. And you can see it manifesting acutely in our lives, say we're in a relationship and somebody decides to leave us, you know, we feel that emptiness most acutely and then of course we blame the other person for the pain that it's causing us but actually it was in us all along but the relationship covered it over exactly. or the position covered it over the president of this or the prime minister of that or uh, all my distractions covered it over you know i was going on holiday every month for example or something so when our distractions end and we're faced with this. It comes like a shock, catches us by surprise. I mean, a lot of Olympians I know go into acute depression after they won the gold medal or whatever. Uh, Ian Thorpe from Australia wrote a book about his depression after winning all those gold medals for swimming. Because after the great high of any climax comes the great emptiness again so as we're faced with that so it manifests in our lives in many ways and we're constantly trying to escape from it or we feel restless sitting alone blaise pascal said wonderfully once that all mankind's problems come from not being able to sit quietly in a room <laughs> <laughs> i i read something in the new york times uh, yesterday day before um Ron Chernow was saying that in his bi biography of Alexander Hamilton, that um, Hamilton always had to fight the residual sadness of the driven man. Yes. I thought that's interesting, right? We're though, you look around and see all the people who are so driven. Yes. And in coaching and, and Gopal, and I'm sure that this will resonate with you and, and Jandi as well, the question comes up, are we running towards an experience or are we running Yes. And it sounds like what he's saying here is that the, you know so many you know Elon Musk, uh, David uh, Brooks was talking about Musk said that he noticed there's something extremely sad about ambitious people. Yes, my sense is they're they're running from. Yes, that's very nicely put. So in fact, our whole work ethic, you know how burnout in a way it could be linked to that, right? Because you're escaping from this inner emptiness, constantly keeping yourself occupied from morning to night. So that, and the modern world offers so many digital distractions. So there's not even a microsecond of space needs to be there where you face this. 
And so most people don't even notice this in themselves. But from morning to night, the mind is busy running, running, running away from this thing. Right? I would say it even comes in that as I'm listening to you, Manoj, I'm already thinking about the next thing that I could contribute to you or to us, right? Like, what, where is that space between? When do we just hang out with each other in silence? Yes. Okay. So my next question, Tim, to explore is what's the root of it? What do you think could be behind it? And we need to be tentative here because we don't know for sure, but we're just going to put something out as a possibility. You mean what is of the experience like why why does it exist in, yes, in our lives yes what is it what is behind it perhaps i'm just spitballing here <laughs> okay and i and, and you're right none of us know but there's something happens at birth you know we've been in a, in a warm water-filled environment the heartbeat of the mother and when we were born there is this tragic separation and we see in these who have been taken from their mother, the failure to thrive and the disconnect and the trauma. I wonder if there's just not an existential sense of, of loss or separateness. I think it's separation. So if we assume that we're all part of a universal energy, which the physicists are now telling us, right? subatomic physics and we're all part of the same energy and the i that gets created by our own thinking tim manoj gopal and all of that that sense of separateness from that universal energy or being connected with that universal energy creates that sense of separation maybe that's the inner emptiness the other interesting use of that word void was i saw a program on space by a scientist called Jamal Khalili. And he's saying at the heart of all matter is just the void. And I was thinking, well, that's the word we use to describe how we feel inside. And maybe there's a connection, you know, with that universal energy that exists in this in the world. Okay. How do you think I don't this... just... sorry, go on. Please. I was saying, how do you think what are the other ways in which this emptiness or separateness plays out in our lives? How does it impact our life in so many different ways? I think we have hit on quite a few in that it, going back to what you were saying about separation, all the means of distraction hmm. that I can find to keep me from this uncomfortable experience tends to heighten my identity as separate. <laughs> it's kind of ironic. Right? Yes, it is. I, right? How, you know, I'll, I'll, I, for me, what I love to do is scroll through political stuff, right? I'm just aghast at what's going on in, 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 around the world politically. And, um, and I find, oh, look at that. I'm, I'm enjoying this uh, distraction and I'm carving out more and more of an identity about what I think and what upsets me and what, you know, what should be and, and how I'm different from that guy. And, you know. Yes. So all our desires come from here. 
what makes a person not be comfortable where they are and want to go on holiday, for example, or buy something they don't need? It all comes, the driver underneath it is this inner emptiness. All our emotional needs to be recognized, be understood for security, uh, because all of that is a temporary balm, isn't it, for this feeling? Um, and um, of course, Jenny, Jenny said a uh, lack of sunshine. Yes, thank you. Jenny. <laughs> <laughs> That's one reason we go away. Um, bereavement, um, all our addictions. Let's talk about that for a sec, Tim, because it's a global problem. One in six Americans right now, they say, has a substance abuse problem. Maybe it's underestimated. But behind that is a need to escape from this pain, right? I think it sounds so simple, and it's, but I just love it. And almost every client I work with as a coach come to the same place, whether it's, you know, uh, on a larger context or if it's the individual concern that they're in is, can we first be here with it? Hmm. Like the idea of just can you be with hmm. the world? Can you be with culture? Can you be with your circumstance? Can you be with your fears? Can you just, can we stop and be with hmm. who we are, what we are, what we, the delusions that we share with ourselves and others? Can we just stop and be here? Yes. If we could, there might be grief, hmm. right? Being with means I don't have a job and I'm scared for my future. Being with might be my lover has left me and I am scared and alone. But if we first be with that, yes. then we can start to ask, what do we actually want? Because I, I, I will assert that we don't know what we want as long as we're running away from something. Yes, yes. And as we will explore in a minute how walking towards this thing transforms that feeling. But I think all addictions, whether it's to phones, alcohol, sex, drugs, gambling, it's like a numbing behavior. It numbs this pain that we feel inside, uh, which we think comes from the outside, by the way. <laughs> <You know>? Right. <laughs> but actually, it comes from inside us, you know, this restlessness. Um, and when the mind cannot cope with this pain, then it, the only escape it can think of is self-harm or even worse, you know. Um, Shifting our, our neurochemical basis is, I mean, addiction, right? Substance abuse, etc. But even gambling hmm. uh, changes us neurochemically. Sex changes us neurochemically. Hmm. Um, we're looking to shift the experience we are in and but what i said earlier about the experience is different in meditation in meditation i believe that we actually intentionally move towards this emptiness yes and our brain chemistry then is very positive yes yes but otherwise all the activities of the mind are designed or the ego are designed to move away from this after all, why would anyone put all that energy to accumulate wealth and not enjoy it? Do you know what I mean? 
or to be famous with all the frustrations that involves or uh, and so on. But all our activities are designed for this. Okay. So my next question to explore is, how can we become more aware of it in ourselves? Because we're always running away. So I guess the first thing is not to be afraid, to lean into it, relax, realize it's part of being human. Every human being has this inside them. What else can we do to be more aware of what's happening in ourselves? Well, this is a great one for people to put in the chat too. Um, I don't pretend to have the answers, but there, I do believe it's incumbent on us to just put down the phone. <laughs> um, we can't stop our mind from moving right easily. And mindful, we can watch the mind. We can watch what the mind is doing. Right, so we become the observer rather than the participant, and just watch. I think that's a, a great place to start. Yeah, just sit quietly. Start with ten minutes, maybe make it thirty minutes. Don't call it meditation; just call it sitting, and being a witness or observing the restlessness in ourselves. The need, the mind is constantly saying, "Oh, pick up the phone, watch the television, ring this one, that one, do this, do that." Watch all of that. Don't do anything. Just keep observing. Notice this. And gradually this feeling will reveal itself to you. Right? As you sit with it, it reveals itself to you. Otherwise, you're constantly running from it. You don't even notice it. right? Um, okay. And it requires courage, doesn't it, Tim, to some extent, to embrace that feeling, to be with it. If we are taught to fear it, then we are taught that we must have courage in order to see it. I don't know that without culture, without our enculturation, without our conditioning, would it require courage? I don't know. Hmm. It, it's actually not a difficult thing to do. No, no, we know that. Right? Yes. <laughs> yes. It feels quite difficult because we are fighting against all of what it might mean. Yes. I would be I, ego, Tim, not my essence, not my, not my godhood, if you want to use that word, not my connection to the greater universal energy that I am, the node of, of expression of this great divine plan, or however you want to describe it. If I am Tim and I move towards emptiness, that is definitely well, a threat. Well, you know, the other observation I made the other day is the more our mind escapes from this, the more it needs to escape. Yes. The more time you spend on social media, the more time you need to spend on it. The more holidays you go on, the more holidays you need to go on. The more shopping you do, the more shopping you need to do. And so the mind is very clever at habituating these patterns of escape that we have built for ourselves. And you just have to notice what those are in yourself because they're unique, as you know, to each person. This was shown quite clearly and unfortunately uh, in those who study pornography. Hmm. Um, 
people go into they begin to receive images and messages etc about pornography and it creates uh, an arousal in them but what they found is that the, the the brain very quickly adapts to that level and needs more. Yeah. And so pornography has become increasingly graphic and violent. And uh, I don't want to call it abnormal because I'm not a moral judge, but it has become more and more of a whatever it is because we need more and more. Yeah. And what is true for pornography is true for social media browsing, shopping, you know, the endless distraction. Like you, you know, we, some people just cannot be alone, so they need to be with somebody all the time, you know, the, uh, and and so on. Uh, well, we, we know that. Okay. So what do we think we could do to respond with wisdom? Now, we've identified what it is. We know how it shapes our lives. We know it's behind our desires, our loneliness, our grief, all, all the activities of the ego. And it's what makes us not be at peace with ourselves. There's no feeling of peace. No matter how much wealth or fame you might have, there's no feeling of peace because we're not at peace with this feeling in ourselves. How can we respond with our intelligence or inner intelligence or wisdom? Trying to, um, you know, be the expert, but I begin with all my clients working with identity. Who are we? Because you'll notice that a part of us relates more to this need than others. If I see myself as my conditioning, I'm the guy who does this, did that, had this happen to me, then there's going to be a much stronger pull to all of that uh, distraction and addiction, etc. I can identify more and more with myself as my innate wisdom, my God-given traits, my, my, there's an authenticity to us. You'll notice that every baby is born, even in the same family, even in the same, with the same genetics, with the same environment. Children are so different. Hmm. I, I don't know exactly how and why, but we are born with innate characteristics expressions maybe it's just the the fate of the genetic sequencing i don't know but it's pretty cool but with the more we can relate to our innate authentic selves i think a more peace b less need to behave in such fashions right so that's where i start and i'd love to hear what you know and, and maybe when we get to the end we'll talk more and more about this about how we how we approach this in a way that we don't have that we're not so susceptible well i think with the human wisdom approach we've explored before there's just three simple things the first is to be aware ah this is what's happening in me my mind's always escaping i'm always you know you notice these patterns of behavior in yourselves you notice this feeling of emptiness or whatever word you want to use for it behind it. Then to be curious, what's mm. behind it? Why am I feeling this way? Why does every human being feel this way? What is this thing? And then as John Dee would say, to lean into it, to be with that. And I want to share this beautiful story of a 
10-year-old girl I met in a school. We were talking about the nature of pleasure. And this is how the conversation went. I said, what makes you happy? And she said, this is a whole class, of course. She said, Christmas presents, holidays. And I said, how long does the pleasure last? She said, oh, not long, till I open the present and then it's gone. So what do you feel when the pleasure ends? And the class had different words for it. Empty, bored, restless. Just what we're talking about, right? And then I said, what do we need to do next? And she said, well, we need to repeat that or find something else to do. These are 10-year-olds, by the way. And I said, so what impact is all this having on the planet? And then they came to this idea of pollution and consumption and climate change. And you know, Again, coming from this need for pleasure. So I said, what's the answer? And she said, if we could find another way of finding pleasure, we wouldn't need to consume so much. Right? And I said to them, I said, what's another way? And this girl who's Afro-Caribbean, she's on a video, you can see it. She's at the back of the class. She said, if we could find a way of dealing with our inner boredom, then we wouldn't need to consume so many things, right? So I said, what's the answer? And I just sat there, Tim. I didn't give any hints at all. And she said to me, and I still remember it so clearly, if I stay with it, it goes away. You know, I was just a 10-year-old girl. I'm just say, I say, just, but actually, perhaps more profoundly, you know, they have the wisdom that we've forgotten in ourselves. Well, that's a being with. Yes, that's, that that's, she said the same thing, you know, right? Can we just stop and be with? Yes. And like you say, the urgency uh, runs out. The, the sense of danger runs out. Yes. So very simply, first recognizing it in ourselves, being curious about it, and then just being with, not giving into it, letting it be, you know, the feeling, live with that. Don't pick up the phone, call somebody, watch the telly, buy something, all of that. Stay with that, be with. And it transforms into a feeling of peace. That's the beauty of it. It does. I don't want to overstep for those who have been through trauma or those who are grieving. It's not, it, it might not be a direct and quick link there there might have to be i'm 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 going to be with it i'm going to have the courage to stay and sit with this beast but what i notice is my grief i notice my fear i notice my sense of uh, isolation whatever that is that you're experiencing then we just have to wash and repeat okay can i sit and be with my sadness? Can I be with the loss of my partner? Can I be with? And those feelings do need to be felt and expressed, but that is transforming alone, right? If you can recognize, I feel alone, and I can tell someone, I feel alone. The same thing happens. It melts. It starts to melt. So it's from moment to moment, right? It's not like I stayed with it yesterday and I'm... <laughs> It's, so it's, it's a lifelong journey of being with, of learning, and as we say, it transforms into 
this sense of peace. Okay. But it also, now we're going to be even more tentative, Tim, because it opens a door to something beyond. Right? Whether we call it the sacred peace. Um, what can we say about that? It's ironic, isn't it, that the thing that we're most afraid of could maybe be the greatest gift to us, right? Yes. 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 Is it possible, Manoj, that we are afraid of our own divinity? Yeah. You see, I just think everything the mind seeks in the world out there to make it feel good in here we're looking in the wrong place. And we spend all our lives in that looking and never find it. Because it's hiding in plain sight. It's in ourselves that if we could stay with this, be aware of it, stay with it, it transforms. And as you quite rightly said, Tim, it's not easy, instant. Everyone has their own journey to that point. But all the mystics of the world from every culture for the last thousands of years have said the same thing. That this leads to a sense of peace and you may call it the sacred if you want. If we begin to relate to the sacred, if we begin to feel ourselves a part of everything that's out there, I believe this is what many of the mystics have called the ego death. Mm. And it feels very scary. Mm. Who am I? Mm. I've, I have, I have gained. And I believe that the, we believe I believe is that my importance comes from my individual accomplishments or contributions. My value comes from my ego identity. How can I give this up? Yes. But you know, in some ways it's a false fear in that I make no claims, by the way, to who I am in any way, but I just feel I have no sense of wanting to be important anymore <laughs> or famous or successful or recognized or any of that. Or wanting anything, you know. But it doesn't mean that you go away. You're still there. It's a false sphere is what I'm trying to say. Uh, I'm with you. As all, fears are, as all fears are, do you know what I mean? They are, they are false in the sense that mind projects them and thinks they're real. But actually, when you walk towards them, they dissolve. They're not real. Okay, and how could our lives change? Suppose we collectively or individually understood this inner emptiness in ourselves, walked towards it, stayed with it, leaned into it, it dissolved into peace. How would our lives change if we could do that? I don't want to say anything yet. I want that to sink in. <laughs> 
that is um, I don't know how others I can talk about myself just as you said my needs uh, over time have less and less and less my overarching desires have become less urgent but when those brief moments that I can be with I believe at that point all I want is to love the world all I want is to be um, joined in that greater belonging my ego starts to come back in and I go, oh, I want to help them understand. No, hold on a second. Not my job. <laughs> Who am I to say into like, I want to love. I just want to be, and you know, of course I will be helpful, but I have to be careful that my ego wants to think they need help. Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> they so come back the again. Activities of the ego find their balance, don't they? Our, say more. Our desires melt away or at least reduce and find their balance i don't need you know 10 shirts and 20 trousers and all of those things i just you know one a few will do or for a demand for all my emotional needs to be met to be important mm -hmm. recognized famous you know expressive all of that melts away i'm Let less me attached seek. sorry i'm less Let attached now to people and things because i'm at peace you see inside that's the beauty of it. Um, I'm reminded of St. Francis's um, prayer. Let me seek less, you know, let me, let me seek to understand rather than be understood. Let me seek to love rather than to be loved. Let me seek to offer, you know, peace rather than be needing to get it, right? It's, I, I, I believe. Yes. Oh, just froze there for a second, Tim. That's beautiful. I love that prayer. Let me be an instrument of peace in the world. And also I feel our mind becomes quieter. And in that quietness, we notice the extraordinary beauty of the world uh, much more. We could avoid addiction, unsuitable relationships, um, spend only as much as we have, avoid getting into debt, and so on. But the biggest benefit of all this would be, oh my goodness, I feel deeply um, at peace. And of course, the world would change too, because we would consume uh, much less. And um, that could impact global warming. And of course, we would be happier. And as Tim said, it's an inside game. I think Tim's hurricane has just taken his internet. So hopefully, He'll be back. But um, I'm just going to um, quickly just show you everyone who's present um, the Human Wisdom app uh, and what we have um, curated. And all these subjects we've talked about here have been um, explored. So, for example, there is a whole subject on um, exploring our inner boredom uh, inside the um, inside the app, it's in the section called "How the Mind Works," and um, there's a module on inner boredom where we talk about the inner, uh, understanding our 
emptiness and how to respond uh, with wisdom. Okay. Dylan say, uh, when you got nothing, you got nothing to lose. Yeah. <laughs> but I think this whole urge to be somebody, and I've met so many people who feel, oh, my life is a failure because I am a nobody, you know. I've spent all my life chasing this, 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 this. I haven't got a house or whatever it might be. I'm a nobody. Whereas if they could just wake up and realize the beauty that lies inside them, be at peace. And just the gift of life is the extraordinary thing that you have, which every human has, uh, which we take for granted, of course, and, and overlook and move on. Um, Sanjay, what are your thoughts on this? Thank you for joining us today. Yeah, thank you, Manoj. Um, yeah, it's been a very, very uh, interesting uh, discussion. Some of the thoughts that uh, came up for me were that, um, and this is probably going to be a little bit hard, but um, I, I, I do feel just listening, and of course, Manoj and I have lots of conversations about this, is that the process of inquiry itself is a distraction. So um, I'm just going to put it out there to see how would it be if we could uh, engage with this feeling without giving it a name. So not even calling it emptiness and without any desire to move towards anything at all. And see if you can do that for, I don't know, 10 minutes in the day. Just see what how that lands with you. I think that will take away uh, language to a very large extent. Um, I do take uh, the point around what Manoj said. I think Tim, you referred to that as well, which is that this is a live and dynamic activity. This is not a. Uh, this is not something that you get a certificate for and then forget about for the rest of your life. So um, I, I think you can you could not even call it meditation, like Manoj said. You know, maybe just call it sitting. I do feel that having the experience of emptiness is really important one's own emptiness and not necessarily um, compare notes with somebody else's emptiness because that is a distraction. Um, so those are the kind of uh, thoughts I had as people were talking. Thank you. Tim, do you want to comment on that before I do? I think there's something really beautiful there. Very beautiful. It's so much so that I want to stay quiet and that will be my response because you, you said it beautifully. It's it's here I, I'm here and I'm sorry I have to use words I can't communicate this way without it but you're talking about an experience can we be with that experience and um, just even hearing you talk Sanjay creates um, a warmth and a a peacefulness in me to hear you talk about it. Yes. Right? So I wonder if there's something about us about taking that time. I really do believe there's peace in that. So though we use words to communicate, words have their limitations. And we need to leave words at the door if we are to understand and be with this feeling. And even naming it is using words. So 
when all the words have gone and it's just you and that feeling without moving away from it, then something beautiful and magical starts to happen. And whatever that happens, don't give that a name either. <laughs> just again, you know, relax and kind of be with that, right? Whatever's happening. Yeah, no, just very quickly, uh, I just wanted to share something which um, I suppose for me is a, some kind of barometer of where I am with the awareness uh, around uh, whatever is unfolding in the moment. And that is what my body does. Mm. It's, it sounds really mundane, but uh, and it's taken me a very long time to come to this point to say, just watch my body. So if I if I'm telling myself that I've got over that addiction to dark chocolate. Watch what my body is doing. <laughs> look where my hand is going. Look at the fridge door opening. Just, just, just watch it. And uh, mundane as it will sound, I think the, our body has a lot to teach us. Um, and so I think to, for that 15 minutes that we kind of gift ourselves every day, we could just say, for these 15 minutes, I'm going to completely ignore the mind, this well-intentioned mind who's coming to me as a coming to this wounded self of mine and I'm going to just pay attention to my body. I mean that can be quite transformative I think. This is my experience of sitting quietly with my body, with my breath. Uh, yeah. Thank, Thank you. you. So Tim you and Joe both have said some three, a few really profound things. One is to be curious and curiosity needs to begin with, I don't know. Because <laughs> if you know, you can't be curious. Right? To realize the limitations of language, though we're calling it emptiness, as Sanjay said, the thing is what it is without a name. And I think from the peace that you experience when you're with that emptiness, then all our need for attachment goes away. You see? If you don't have that peace, then the mind is constantly looking to be attached to something, whether it's people, ideas, ideologies, religions, pets, cars. It's amazing how people get attached to objects. You know? uh, and so the mind does that naturally unconsciously. But if we're at peace, the need for attachment perhaps disappears. And Adele, before I bring you in, I just remember this quote by this poet, one of my favorites, it's called Rabindranath Tagore. He won the Nobel Prize for Literature in 1913. He's from Bengal. And he said, Lord, give me the patience to do nothing when there's nothing to do. <laughs> and for me, that sort of sums up the whole way of just being with this uh, feeling. Enough. Let me try. First of all, I don't know. Second of all, I want to be with all of you in love. Third, I want to share the peace that I sometimes get to feel. And I invite you to find out if it works for you. And I want to share that the fears and the drives and the motivations that I believe our culture teaches have not made me happier in comparison to what this emptiness has given me. Yes. 
and I'll stop there. Thank you, Tim. So Rajesh just asked a question, which is how long can we stay with that emptiness? I think you just have to play with it. Be curious. Just begin that journey. Start walking. Take the first step. And you realize it's a lifelong journey of learning. And it's absolutely enriching. It leads to peace. But first, three simple steps. Notice what's going on. Notice this emptiness in yourself. As John D said, lean into it. Don't escape from it. Or observe all the ways your mind is escaping from it. And all the different ways it manifests in your life. And as Joe said, attachment is one. Be with that and see how it transforms into peace. But all this, as Sanjay said, happens without the word. It's not an intellectual process. It's just being with that. And regard it as a gift, an opportunity, a gift to find something beautiful that's beyond that. All the things we do with human wisdom, which is really to try and give people the tools to understand what's happening in their own thinking, to illuminate the unconscious. So that illumination brings transformation. I think this feeling of staying with this emptiness is probably the most powerful because it really has the capacity to bring deep and lasting peace. Okay, well, thank you so much, everyone, for your time today and all your contributions and my guest, Tim Merrick, and I will share this recording with everyone. Thank you. This podcast came to you from the Human Wisdom Project. To find out more, please download the Happier Me app or visit our website, happierme.app. Thank you so much for listening. Goodbye.